conversations with God, the first few words come easy. But where do we go from there? What could help prayer feel fresh, authentic, honest, fulfilling? What if the inspiration we need has been here for us all along? Once again, welcome to Church. If I haven't met you before, my name is Grant. I thought Pastor Abigail did a really great job in the announcements this morning, huh? Very cool. So as we continue our series called Dear God on Prayer, I want to just give you a couple of opportunities to actually get in the game when it comes to praying with and for your church. And so we're going to roll a little demo here, and you can find all of this on your phone. You can find it on a, on a website, whatever. But if you go to ctk.church, What's going to happen is it's going to pull up our webpage. And you're going to go over here and select your campus. That's called Bellingham. That's where you are right now. If you didn't know, we should pray for you. Um, then you're going to click on the little men the menu bar up in the corner. And when you click on that, a little drop-down menu is going to show up. You're going to go to Grow, just a little bit down. Scroll on down. There you go. Click on the little plus sign, and you're going to see the word Prayer. You can also just put prayer in the search bar and it's going to jump right down and then you're going to come to our prayer page and it's going to start with prayer requests. We love to pray for each other. And so I want to encourage you, if you've got a prayer request, you just click on request prayer, you fill out the form, it goes out to a whole bunch of people that love and care about you and we're going to pray for you. It's as simple as that. Here's another option. As you scroll down this page, you're going to see different options. First of all, you can join a prayer team. There's the weekly prayer letter team, and then there's Pastor Grant's prayer team. And, and what we do is we send out requests. I, I do a prayer letter every single week, just finished writing it in the last couple of minutes. There's also a weekly prayer letter team where we take all of the requests from the week, compile them together, we send them to you, and you can pray whenever you want to. I'd love to have you be praying with and for each other. Then if you go a little bit further and scroll down a little bit more, you're going to come to join the Day to Pray initiative. The fourth Friday of every month, our church takes a day and we pray 24-7. We want you to take 30 minutes, or you can take an hour if you want to, and you have an opportunity to pray. Pastor Kerry Butler creates a very specific prayer item and a prayer uh, a letter for you to be able to pray through. We also include a prayer letter from the Light of the World Prayer Center. So you have plenty to, play, uh, plenty to pray about. Can't even talk this morning. And the Day to Pray initiative, you can sign up right there. As you continue down, you can see a prayer for global initiatives and pray for our global partners. There's also an opportunity there to pray for YWAM students at the, at the base in Montana. And so if you have a passion for young people, the, the younger generation, you want to pray for them, we would love to get you connected that way. And then you can go all the way down, and it says all those things. Sign up to pray. You pray with us, fill out all of the different pieces there, and we would love to have you come and be a part of our prayer initiative right here at CTK. Okay, let's do a quick review of Dear God so far. So we started by saying CTK needs to be a prayerful church because prayer actually makes a difference. As a church family, we need to pray with each other, we need to pray for each other, and in this series, we've learned some amazing truth. You can pray anywhere. 
Paul prayed in a dungeon. Daniel prayed in a cave filled with lions. Isaiah prayed in the middle of a meltdown. Peter prayed on the surface of the water and I'm sure prayed even harder when he started to sink. Jonah prayed from the belly of a great fish. Jesus prayed from the cross. Mary prayed before, during, and after pregnancy. The main thing is we need to pray. We've learned that God doesn't care about the length of your prayer or the eloquence of your prayer. He cares about the heart of your prayer because God looks at the heart more than he looks at anything else. As part of the series, we unpack the, so why pray question. Jesus said, Father, your Father knows the things you need before you ask him. So if he knows everything before we even ask him, why should we even pray? The answer is pretty simple. Prayer is not informing God Prayer's inviting God. Prayer's not informing God about a situation. He knows about everything. Prayer's inviting God into that situation. So when I call out to God with a request, with a petition, I'm inviting God into my situation, into my challenge, and into my problem. And that's really the value of prayer. Prayer is talking and listening to God. And when I am praying, I'm staying connected to God in everything. This week, we're going to focus on being a spiritual family that prays with and for each other. We're going to listen to Jesus pray. And my prayer is that it makes an impact in all of our lives. I love it when people come up to me and say, can I pray for you? I will never say no. <laughs> what an honor to be on the receiving end of someone else's prayer. Well, a few weeks ago, I preached on Hannah's prayer from the Old Testament, which is really, <coughs> excuse me, a prayer about the heartbreak of infertility. Hannah was praying that God would give her a child. As part of the message... I also mentioned a 30-year prayer request from our family as we continue to ask God to heal my wife Laurel's sight. Our prayer is that God would give her back her vision. Well, after the service, a lady who was visiting in the area came up and said, Grant, I want to pray for you and your wife. And I was so moved and thankful. But she wanted to pray for Laurel and I, and then she started to pray. And she said, God, please give Pastor and his wife the deepest desire of their heart. Lord, hear their request for a child. <laughs> they want a baby, Lord. Okay, I'm not in the habit of interrupting someone's prayer, but I interrupted that one. And I just... <clears throat> Whoa. <laughs> no. <laughs> And I just said, so our prayer request is actually for the healing of Laurel's eyes, not another baby. We're about to have a grandbaby. And we laughed together and courts corrected. And we prayed for Laurel's healing. And I followed up with Jesus later in the day to make sure that he got that crystal clear. <laughs> and we're laughing, but here's the truth. The heart of my sister in Christ to pray for us was powerful. Why is that important? Because there's power in these words. Can I pray for you? Jesus was always praying for himself and for people. If Jesus being God felt the necessity to pray, then how much more should we need to pray? All of our flaws, our shortcomings, our weaknesses, how much more should we follow the example that Jesus set for us? Well, in John chapter 17, we find Jesus praying for himself and other people. He's with his closest circle of relationships and he prays with them and for them. Now, the truth is this. Jesus could have prayed this prayer, this particular prayer, privately. But there was something about this prayer he wanted his disciples to hear, so he prayed it out loud 
so they could hear his heart. First, he prays for himself. He tells his father, I finished the work that you gave me. Secondly, he prays for his disciples. He prayed that the father would keep them safe and put them through a holiness process. I'll explain that in a moment. And then he closes by praying for us. Today, we're going to hear God pray. He's going to pray with you. He's going to pray for you. And here it comes. We need to know the context. Just before this prayer, Jesus shares communion with his disciples. He's just washed their feet in an extravagant display of love. He has shared some deep emotion with them. He has talked about how the Holy Spirit is coming and how the disciples need to graft themselves into Jesus, to connect themselves at the soul with the Holy Spirit. And then within days of the crucifixion, and that's important, within days of the greatest trial that Jesus will ever navigate, he prays. He starts by praying for himself as the conduit for our salvation. Jesus prayed for himself and he's showing us there is nothing wrong with praying for yourself. And let's be honest, there are seasons when that's all you can do. God wants you to talk to him about you. This is amazing to me. Jesus prays to God that God will glorify him. Now, be really, really careful with that word glorify. It, 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 it's not a request for Jesus like, God, make me a big deal. Like, make me something significant. That's not what it is. Glorify means to reflect or to mirror back an image. Jesus is asking that God's majesty would reflect off of him and the sacrifice he was about to make so that people could see the love that was going to take him to the cross, into the grave, and then back to life again. Listen to Jesus pray. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. This is a sincere prayer. God, glorify me for one reason, so that the world will know you and the reason why I came, which is to save them from their sin. This is the prayer request of Jesus, that you would come to know him, that you would accept the gift of salvation that he purchased for you on the cross. I love that he's praying for himself, but in light of the fact that he's the answer to every prayer. You know, you can take this pray, prayer and pray it exactly the same way for your own family and for yourself. You can pray, God, I pray that any attention that I get this week will bounce right off of me and directly back to you. Jesus, I want to see my friends and my family come to know you, so help me complete the work you've given me to live out your love for them. I'll tell you what, if you have family that doesn't know Jesus yet, Jesus just showed you how to pray for them. Pray that prayer, see what happens. Prays for himself, and then he prays for his disciples. There's so much in this section, but I'm going to focus in on one small section, and this is why. I see so many followers of Jesus retreating from the very world that Jesus called us to love. Can I tell you something? We cannot hide from the world that Jesus called us to serve. 
Jesus called us into his mission. He said this, for the son of man has come to seek and save the lost. But let's be honest, there's a tendency for us to play it safe and isolate ourselves into this nice little Christian bubble instead of pressing into the culture for the sake of Jesus and them coming to know him. Listen to the words of Jesus from another part of the Bible. He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus is being so consistent when he prays in John 17 these words. Listen carefully to what he's saying. My prayer to God the Father is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They're not of the world even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Jesus is praying some bold stuff here. God, help them be in the world, but not of it. God, let their light shine and may the flavor of their lives give other people an appetite and a hunger for God. God, leave them here to fight the good fight, but protect them from the evil one. God, purify their lives and memories through every word that comes from Jesus. Jesus actually prays, God, my Father, change my disciples through the word. The word of God protects us from the evil one because the word gives us life, hope, purpose, passion, and faith. The word tells us who we are in Jesus, and this word says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So why in the world are you afraid? When we're overwhelmed, we can go to the word for peace, comfort, encouragement, and hope. The word of God is your lifeline because it will do this. It will sustain you, keep you, nourish you, and fuel you to engage where God has placed you. Don't hide. Preach. I mean, if that word is in you, then you can live in the world with purity and purpose. And the purpose is always the same. It's his love being reflected through you to a world that desperately, desperately needs him. Okay, now here it comes. Jesus is about to make a prayer request that still stands today. If you're here and you're struggling with a long-term prayer request, Jesus understands he prayed this prayer and made this request over 2,000 years ago, and God is still working through us to be the answer. Jesus prays for himself, prays for his closest circle, and then he prays for all believers. This is how he starts. He says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Do you know what's happening? The God of the universe is praying for you. Right now, in this moment, Jesus, the King of Kings, is praying for you. Let that sink in.
even if we forget to pray, we can take comfort in knowing that Jesus is in heaven praying for us. Hebrews 7 says, He is able once and forever to save those who come to God through Him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Let me say it again. The God of the universe is praying for you right now. Romans 8.34 says, It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God and also makes intercession for us. Let me say it again. The King of Kings is in heaven right now praying for you. What does that do in your heart? Robert Murray McShane, a 19th century Scottish minister, said this, If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet the distance makes no difference. He's praying for me now. Jesus is praying, but let's listen to what he's praying for us and over us. Verse 21 of John 17, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. So that, here it comes, they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This is so important. We are called to be ambassadors of unity. We can do our part to bring unity into this little part of God's kingdom tucked up here in the Pacific Northwest. And when we do our part, we participate in the answer to the prayer of Jesus. There's a few things we need to know about this prayer from Jesus. First of all, this is important. Unity is not uniformity. Jesus isn't praying that we would all be exactly alike. There are so many different expressions of the church of Jesus. There's house churches in Thailand and mega churches of 100,000 plus in South Korea. There are churches that meet under trees in Kenya and churches that meet in humongous buildings in Australia. There are Baptist, Pentecostal, and independent churches, denominationals, and community churches. There are churches that have communion every single week and churches that do it once a year. There are churches that sing with organs and choirs, and there are churches that sing with guitars and worship teams. They're all different, and I think God loves them all. We can have unity with churches who do it differently as long as we understand where unity is based. We are one family with other churches who believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he's the only way to heaven. We are participants in the same family with people who preach from the entirety of the Bible, see it as the living word of God, and align with God's mission and heart for people who are far from God. That's where Jesus wants our unity to be. Now here's some practical ways that we can actually participate in becoming this answer. First one is this. Identify the real competition. Jesus prayed we would be protected from the evil one. Let me make it clear. Satan is the only competition for us in Whatcom County, not other Jesus churches. 
I love telling the story because it happens repeatedly. Minding my own business, shopping in Walmart. Somebody comes up and they go, hi, Pastor Grant. I'm like, hey, hey, we go to the competition. This is always my response. You go to the devil's church, that's horrible. And they freak out. Like, no, 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 we go to Cornwall. <laughs> Cornwall's not the competition. They love Jesus. They preach the Bible. I love Pastor Bob. That means one thing, they're family. They're family. There's only one competitor in Whatcom County that should concern us, and that's Satan. And by the way, the Bible describes him as a robber and a thief who comes to seek and destroy. Just figure out who the right competition is. We've been competing with the wrong thing for way too long. Secondly, celebrate the wins of other church families. I mean, we can become a part of the unity of God's family when we celebrate the wins of other faith families. Let me go on record to say this. When New Song Church baptizes people, we should celebrate. When First Baptist and Pastor Jeff Flint makes an impact for the kingdom in the downtown core of Bellingham, we should be the first ones outside going, that is awesome, hallelujah, praise God. When the Lighthouse Mission saves a life, we should be ecstatic. We need to celebrate the wins. I heard a great story from our Lake Padden baptisms. There were people from another church having a picnic up the hill in the same general location of the baptism. And they joined our party by praying over the people from CTK who were getting baptized. That makes God so proud. We need to celebrate the wins. We need to pray the prayer of Jabez over other churches. God, enlarge their territory. Bless them. Help them do things we never could dream of doing. Here's another practical way we can be a part of the answer to the prayer of Jesus, and that's to pray for the county shepherds. So years ago, a group of us got together. We created something called Pastors Praying for Pastors. About once a quarter, the shepherds of, once, uh, of Whatcom County gather, and this is the rule when they walk in the door. Nobody's going to ask you to do anything you didn't agree to. And the rule is this. Don't pray for your own church. Pray for somebody else's. I'll tell you what. When you see shepherds praying for other flocks, it's a beautiful thing. I've seen pastors, all of whom do church differently, confess a spirit of competition to each other, repent from not celebrating each other's wins. I've seen them do communion. I've watched them wash each other's feet. I've watched them pray for each other with passion and love, and my heart just explodes every single time I see it. It's a sight to behold. When you see the shepherds of God's flock put Jesus in the middle of the room, you know what happens? All the irrelevant stuff just disappears. Amazing things happen when you turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I love this quote. I believe it embodies all that Jesus said. It comes from a guy named Rubertus Maldenius. 
years ago, he wrote this, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. Let me say that again. In essentials, the things that we will put in a closed hand, the deity of Jesus, salvation by faith, the authority of God's word, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, great freedom, and in all things, charity. Love one another, that's what God says. Let me summarize it for Rupertus. Keep the main thing, the main thing, and in everything else, love one another. My spiritual family, we can be the answer to the prayer of Jesus by pointing people towards Jesus, by being in the world but not of it, and by, be and by becoming champions of complete unity in Christ Jesus. So I have some questions for you. You just heard the God of the universe pray for you. Here's the gut check I've been doing with myself this week. Do your interactions bring people together or do you drive them apart? Are you an ambassador of unity or an ambassador of division? Are you trying to bring the family together or are you trying to drive a wedge right down the middle? Are you a unifier or a divider? If you think divisiveness is okay, you may want to hear this from Scripture. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to Him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste, run to evil and here's the last one a false witness who breathes out lies sorry and here's the last one and one who sows discord among the brothers let's take this prayer to heart let's join Jesus in this prayer and ask God for opportunities this week God would you give me an opportunity to bring unity to the kingdom of God. Help me to heal a rift between two people who may not see eye to eye on things that are not essential. God, help me to be an answer to your prayer. God, I'm not gonna compete with other members of the same family. God, when I hear something good's going on in another church, I'm gonna celebrate. I'm gonna participate. And I'm going to pray God's blessing over them because they're just another expression of the same family. My prayer this week is that each one of us will see ourselves as being commissioned by God to be a unifier in Christ Jesus. Every week we have been um, walking over to a, a prayer bench. In case you haven't noticed we don't have kneeling benches at Christ the King in fact I've watched people try to kneel in our chairs and it's a painful thing to watch them try and get back up again <laughs> and 
another church in the county loaned us their prayer bench. Didn't even know what we were going to do with it. Not uniformity, unity. So I'm going to walk over there, and then I'm going to pray the words of Jesus. I'm going to pray Jesus' prayer over you, and then we're going to go do it. So for those of you in the room, would you stand with me? So you stand, and I'll kneel, but this is the way we're going to connect. If your heart is to participate in the answer to the prayer of Jesus, would you just hold your hands like this? And let's pray together right now. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us that the world may believe that you've sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you've loved me. Father, I want those you've given me to be with me where I am, to see my glory, the glory you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, Though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Jesus, we open our hands and our hearts to be ambassadors of unity with great joy and great hope so that the world will have an opportunity to get to know the Jesus who is in us. Lord, on behalf of my brothers and sisters, would you give us opportunities this week to speak blessing and not division, to be messengers of the unity of Jesus, and may the kingdom of God expand because of your power, for your name, and for your glory. And all God's people agreed together and said, Amen. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, the prayer team will be up here at the front. God bless you guys. Have a great, great week.